All right, guys, thanks for tuning in to uh, episode two of season four. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Big thanks to Lindsay for coming on. Uh, we had to kind of awkwardly cut the <laughs> end of the episode because... Uh, well, that's Gar- what we do, first yeah, of all, yeah, yeah. so don't even worry about that. Yeah. I also do want to give a small disclaimer, too, um, for probable reasons and cause. Um, on this episode, as the topic headline says, we do talk about domestic violence. We do go into some raw physical details of abuse and torment as well. So if that's something that's going to be hard for you to listen to, just be prepared for that probably around the 20 to 30 minute episode or minute mark of the episode um and just uh again Lindsay is just with her vulnerability and being open about it so guys we love you uh make sure you check out the description of this episode i'm going to post a couple links for some resources uh if you are in a hard situation right now with um domestic violence whether it's physical emotional um please uh do not hesitate to check that out and don't hesitate to reach out to us. Um, again, obviously we are not professionals, but, um, if you want someone to talk to someone to vent to someone to come pick you up out of your hard situation, please, uh, don't hesitate to message us uh, on Facebook. This intro is weird and it cut off weird because Ben doesn't know what he is doing. So with that being said, if you do want to experiment domestic violence, call me and it's hands on site. I'll throw it down for you. You can probably take me. So we love you. Bye. both of them yeah okay this always confuses me i don't understand fucking technology but we're past that like when you the older you get the more it's like i just found out the other day there's an app on my phone that i can install for work and i've been going like raw dogging it at work trying to do all my stuff and i literally can put it on my phone and i like one of my older co-managers was the one who showed me that so i felt like kind of like embarrassed a little bit so also i wanted i've been thinking about like the opener there's a lot of thoughts in my brain i'm not going to shut up this episode 100 <clears> percent. <throat> like i'm it's it's been a fucking week been, been in <laughs> two days but i feel that. so i'm on my way over here and i stopped by uh the speedway by your house right was yeah. i needed to get my monsters which i'm gonna try the aussie lemonade style juice for the first time since i haven't had a lot of sugar today i'll say that similar sim, mm, sim. I'll sip that after the sentence. But so I go in and on the door that says two signs on the left and right door, it says we are in desperate need of five dollar bills or we need fives. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm paying with cards. So not applicable to me. Go to check out. And the dude goes, hmm, you wouldn't happen to have any fives on you. And I was like, nah, man, I don't. I just got card. He goes, oh, man. Yeah. And then he proceeds to go. Well, see, the issue is we're running out of fives and our safe doesn't have any. Like he's like after I've already told him no, like he's trying to sell me like he's like make, come on man like, like you, you ain't got one five on you because the monsters came out 466 he's or, like there's a bank down the street <laughs> and, i mean uh, you can just go to the atm part of me was i wanted to be like hey man here's an idea you give me 400 dollars in your safe and i'll go down the street <laughs> and exchange it for some fives and be like because i Trust feel like <laughs> he's like he would have been gullible enough to be like dude you would do that for me we're in desperate need i'd be like yeah man <laughs> yeah i got you <laughs> 
So uh, that was honestly kind of like the highlight of my day, if we're being real with it, because it was just, I'm in a weird mood. I'm, I'm physically depressed. I'm mentally depressed. So I just a lot of information in my brain. We're going to try this. I'm awake, so that's something. It doesn't. It's fine. It's that's fine. Not, it's that's not, what I thought when I tried it. It's I was just expecting fine. like when you get something new, you're like excited to try yeah. it, and then you. I just tasted that, and I was like, "This tastes like a lemonade with a little bit of juice in it, yeah. like five yeah, percent juice." Not great. So, um, we made the joke last week, uh, season opener, and how uh, we ended with like, "We'll have you back on as a guest," as we've said to every guest that yeah. we've ever had. And believe it or not, I was like, you know what? It's time to sit, put my money where my mouth is for once. And and let's get a returning guest. So, uh, Lin- Lindsay was first in line on my list because <clears throat> I was like, we're scheduling. We know the day's yeah. off. I like, and we were ready for it. So, first reach out, first try. It worked, and no scheduling conflicts either. Yeah. Other than you also asked me when I was pushback. drunk, so I'm lucky I remembered. Oh yeah, because I texted. Well, <laughs> see, I knew you were because that was the night you were at the hub, and it was I texted yeah. you at like 12:30 uh, p.m. Um, and, and I was like, yeah, I was in line for Goodfellas. Like, yes, I'll do it. And then I was like, oh shit, I remember this now. And so that's why I double tapped her yesterday. I was like, well, let me double tap because I mean. You, you got to confirm things, too, and as we know as promoters and bookers of the nature of the world. So, um, But I remember the last episode uh, we did because I listened back to it because I was like, oh, yeah. And there was uh, – we cut it off when, uh, with bullying, but we wanted to talk a little bit about domestic violence with females, with males, with partners, with just in general. And at the time before everything in my brain happened, I was like, this can be a really dark episode, but I want to try to keep it as light as possible if we can because it's just – I think that when you have these serious episodes, the only way we can talk about it too is kind of cope with humor with them. And applicably now in, like, today's times, more cultured, but, like, with the Amber Heard thing going on with a lot of these toxic relationships and, like, females against males and males against females, and I just wanted to get a truthful perspective of somebody who has physically and documentedly been through this and their side of it, what it goes, she went through emotionally, physically, and not fictitiously, for one, because I think that's important when you separate the lies from the truth. So um, with that being said, Amber Heard is our guest today. We're so glad to have you on, Amber. Um, oh I've been God. waiting for... <laughs> Had to do it. You're eight up. Uh, I was like, that was my... I mean, I, I'm coming in hot. I'm pretty aggressive. So, uh, yeah, it's just been a weird... It, I did mow the grass today, but we'll keep that towards the end. Um so, Lindsay, how's your week been? Um, it's been exceptionally long. But yeah. here we are. It's Thursday, so that's something. It's only Thursday. Or is it I mean, Thursday? Does I only work Monday yeah. through Friday, so I feel like Thursday. mine went through. Yeah, and I, th- uh, that's, I think mine flew by very quickly, too, compared to last week. Because last week I spoke, I worked six days, 52-some hours, and it was just like it never ended, and there was so much hell. And then this week I got my two off days, and it's just been, it's been going by too fast, and I don't like it. So, like, I wouldn't wake up until, like, literally 2.15 p.m. today. And then by that time I was like, well, there's half my day. 
today. So, and then <laughs> I realized like, wait, I have the podcast at eight. That's less than six hours away. I'm not even going to get like four hours of TV time today on top of my chores. So that's fun. But I'll probably be up till 3 p- 3 a.m. So it's cool. Not me. I'll go to bed immediately after this. I was, she said, <laughs> said I'm an old eight. Person. because last time, if you listen for the last episode, it started <clears> by <throat> saying, yeah, we could have, uh, we were going to try to do it early, ended up being like a 9 p.m. episode yeah. recording. And she was like, I ain't having this. So, uh, <laughs> she, but anything for me in the podcast, she was dedicated and she's our loyal You're one. You're lucky so. that I love you. I know. And that's why I offered Zoom. I was like, hey, at least with Zoom, you don't have to drive up that's to Fairfield. True, yeah. You don't have yeah. to drive back. You can, you plug in your headphones, talk for an hour, half an hour, and yeah. we'd go to bed. So and, uh, that's comfortable. So, yeah, let's, let's get hit on some topics with domestic violence. Let's do it. <laughs> bad one. Bad. It could have been smoother, but I tried to be corny with it. Uh, Lindsay, yeah. tell us about uh, experience. You can leave names in. You can leave names out. You know how this works. So give us a little bit of background on what you went through and uh, where it started for you. So uh, when I was young and stupid, you know, before I was 18 and I thought I knew everything, mm-hmm. I dated the worst human imaginable. His name was Steve. That's his real name. And was his last name Jobs? Uh, his last name. His last yeah. name was Kyle. Now he's dead. Wait, had... yeah, do we, we're doing a two first namer. Yeah, you dated he was a, a two, two first, first namer. Jeez. I should have known. You should have. Red flag. Should have been my side. Immediate red flag. <laughs> that sh- that literally should have been my red flag. But you know. <laughs> so. so you know when you're 17 and you think you know everything, and. You know, in the beginning, he was like a nice person, kind of, when he was not like actually himself Mm -hmm. um, until we moved in together. And then he turned into an entire monster. Yeah. Did he have like a charm? Like, was there, what was the, did you, because back up to like, was he like kind of a bad boy and that's what attracted to you, attracted him to you? Or was he like a sweetheart and then changed? I didn't want to date him and I kept telling him no. And he was like really persistent. So I think like I finally gave in and I think that was probably why. Okay. Gotcha. Like, and my friends would be like, you're going to end up dating him. And I was like, no, definitely I'm not. So I think I was like intentionally not because they said I was. And then I finally just was like, whatever. And I gave in because like he would not give it up. <clears throat> One of these days, I'm just going to peer pressure you into like doing coke or something, and you'll be like, "I don't want to." I'm like, "Do it, do it, do it." And you're like, "Oh well, it's Carson asked me to do it, so." I mean, that's that's probably fair. Jeez. You have to try it once in your life, right? Right. Yeah, I wish I didn't, but every, <laughs> every combo, everything in moderation, right? Yeah, moderation. You can do a little bit of coke every once in a while. Domestic uh, violence, not really good in moderation. Yeah, you. Uh, you know what? That's, yeah, not everything in moderation. We're gonna go for skipsies on that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, then I, so we dated from when I was seven, uh, when I was 17. So in the beginning things were okay because we didn't live together. And then he was a jerk and I think my family knew it and didn't really like him. So it was pretty much like, you know, I'm 17. So I'm rebelling against the world and God and everything and, you know, humanity because my parents don't like them. So of course that's who I'm going to date because they don't like them. Oh, um, I bet the last and the next ones are also a treat for them. 
Oh boy, <laughs> don't you know? <laughs> we just if you, about that today, if you think that was bad, wait till you see my future mom. Ooh, <laughs> Lord. Yeah, I feel like when, like, if you're a parent and you don't like, like, you don't approve, Support. you don't approve, yeah. you shouldn't say shit at all because yeah, it's like, just gonna tire. It makes you do the opposite. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also that stage in life where you're like. You know everything your parents say is wrong, and yeah, like, you want to do the opposite, you don't believe anything. Opposite. I'm becoming now, an like, adult. It's time I make my adult decisions. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. grown. Yeah, now I'm legally. becoming my mother, so <laughs> I understand that she was right, and I've told her like, yes, I know you're right. Thank you. Um, but yeah, you know how it is when you're rebelling. So, um, the first year of dating was okay. He wasn't like completely terrible. He didn't come from a good family. He did not come from a great home life so I think that's part of why my family was not really about him because they knew how his family was um and then when I turned 18 my mom like they pretty much gave me an ultimatum to break up with him or not live there so when I turned 18 um I decided in the middle of the night that I would pack up all of my belongings there we go and I literally, this is the most ridiculous thing because at 18, I packed up a suitcase and like one bag, which contained like my teddy bear and blanket and then like some clothes because that's what you need at 18, apparently. Mm-hmm. And I left my car key to my car on the kitchen counter and I had him pick me up in the middle of the night and I just straight up left. That's fucking hardcore if we're being honest. Like that's some real shit where you're like all like full send. Like I don't have to think this shit through. It's like that's I my life. Did. And that's full send. So that's kind of like a I don't want to say a cool story for him with the perspective of it, but it's like one of those things where it's like you didn't have to second guess. You're like, yeah, full send and yeah. Yeah. A terrible full scent, I will regrettably <laughs> tell you. Hey, I've had my 10 or 12, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So we, I moved in with him and his parents, which <laughs> that was a nightmare. Um, and my mom, this, this, it gets even better. So after I left in the middle of the night, obviously my mom was extremely mad at me mm-hmm. and she packed up my entire bedroom came into his house and dropped it off in the front yard. Like when I tell you she didn't even put my stuff in boxes, she threw everything in my bedroom in garbage bags and dumped it off in his front lawn. Where did you guys grow up again? County uh, Harrison. Harrison, that's Harrison. right. Okay. Yeah. And he literally lived across the street from my dad's business. So that mm. was, you know, that was a whole thing too. A little bit of juice on that side. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think a lot of, a lot of his issues was when he was growing up, his dad was super abusive to his mom. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably what he thought a relationship was supposed to look like. Whereas I grew up with parents who I never even saw argue. So we grew up very different. <clears throat> and I thought, you know, he just had a bad home life and I can change him and I can show him what that's it's like to not have attitude. to live that. It there is. we go. I can fix <laughs> him. I can fix him. Literally, I can fix him. That's I swear that's how like 90% of relationships I can fix that. Like, but you can't. I'll See, tell like, you. It's funny, like, that we say like that's such a like a woman thing, but you know men like oh, I are will. totally like, what problem can I fix? Well, I, literally, that's my entire personality. <laughs> Person, that is literally your that, personality. That is my personality. You are that's the me fixer. to a spot. Like it's the cliche like stereotype. And then there's me over here, like, give me a fucking problem right now that I can solve. Like I <laughs> literally, cannot, it's like, like <laughs> something's wrong. Let me call I'm calling Carson right now. 
We will figure it out. That was me today. I was on the phone with both uh, the Foster sisters. Um, just keep that in. Um, and one for 40 minutes, the other for 20 minutes. And just like hear, hearing them vent and stuff. And I was like with uh, uh, one of them, her problem was severe enough to make her cry and if Aww. anybody knows me I don't play around if any of my sisters call me crying or say that they're crying or I see them crying it's who did this to you it's hands on sight now and yeah, it's, on full, sight. <laughs> it's full send on whoever did this to you to make you feel this way so I had to process it and calm myself down before I reacted because the person that did, it's a long story that's that's not what we're this isn't <laughs> i told you i wouldn't shut up but we're yeah, point being, it was like i gotta solve this problem and so now i'm playing the long game but the short long game of like <laughs> like he's gonna get what he deserves like a hundred percent because it was a super big f you to her and like i mean I dropped my, that's the, why I called the other sister. I was like, after, because she already knew and I'm finding out about it. And so I was like, what the fuck? Like, and she goes, are, what are you thinking? And I was like, I don't, I can't tell you legally what I'm thinking Murder. right now. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> death by Full stone. Recon. For like, legal purposes, that was a joke. Yeah. Yeah. So, but no, uh, yeah. Back to the whole bit of, yeah, my personality is fixing anything that I can. Go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, I thought, if I stay with him, then I can make him better and I can show him, you know, that you don't have to be like this and that it's okay to let people love you and be loved. And, you know, so we dated for a while and then we ended up getting our own apartment and then <clears throat> it was terrible. And my family finally accepted that I was not going to break up with this person. So my dad actually got us a place that we moved into. That was like one of his rental properties. Mm-hmm. And then that was when life got pretty awful. So um, it started. It, it started kind of like. Were there signs looking back before it got awful that there you, were? I mean, in see. the beginning, it was mostly just like he was super controlling and super possessive, and like would would make like mean comments. And he's one of those people that like made you like degraded you to the point where you felt like if you weren't with him. He, no one else would ever date you like he was the sole person and like narcissistic that, narcissistic yeah. manipulative like. i mean at that point i had just moved out of my parents house and pretty much said you know screw you to my family and like left everything behind for this person that i thought was like you know when you're 18 it's like you're madly in love and they're your entire world and ridiculousness mm-hmm. we're recording garage band right yeah okay I just had a paranoid <clears throat> thought. I mean, my mind's everywhere. Anyway, like I said, fun episode. Uh, to give preface <laughs> on that, too, um, uh, with uh, the signs that you saw later on, were, be just kind of setting up the details and building the story with it, were there people that you talked to, or did you tell anybody what was going on with this, or is it, I'm keeping it to myself for now, everything's fine, um, I'll figure it out? There were some of my friends who knew, and I mean, I feel like, I am I know my mom knew because your parents just know things, especially your mom. Mm-hmm. And me and my mom were really close, like, before I moved out. So I, I know they knew. I just denied it a lot. And did you keep uh, in touch with, like, your sister still during this time or any of them? I did, but not as much as I, like, am, like, was before and am now. Okay. Like, I was always really close with my family, and I pretty much didn't really talk to them much, like, he consumed my life pretty much. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so when I met him, I was actually going to school for nursing and I ended up dropping out because he did not want me to go to classes because he didn't know who I was talking to, who I was with, or like, you know, if class ran over and I came home late, then he would like berate me the minute I walked in the door. This was before find my friend on iPhone existed, by the way, just so yeah. millennials and Gen Zers would I, be like, there's an app an for iPhone. that. And then we didn't even have an iPhone. So that was I'm pretty sure I still had the chocolate slide in pink at that point. I'm pretty sure these were still the map quest days, just a yeah. 30 year old. They so. were for sure. So, yeah, I mean, I, I dropped out of, I was going to UC at the time. And I dropped out because he just berated me. That's the University so, of Connecticut, by the way, for yeah. who's listening. Connecticut, for sure. <laughs> um, he was just, like, super possessive and, like, mentally abusive in the beginning. And then once we lived together, he started becoming, like, physically abusive. Um, at one point, I had gone out with some friends and didn't tell him. We had gotten to a fight, and I told him, like, you know, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. You're not going to change. And he actually T-boned my brand new car into my driver's side door while I was in it. Like he drove across a field into my car. Mm -hmm. Um, Totally normal behavior. All right. Right. So we broke up at that point. And then he ran from the cops before they got there. It was a whole thing. Were you in the car at this time? Just to set that story. Mm -hmm. So you were literally in the car driving off or you were just stationary? Yeah, I was pulling out of like a street Mm -hmm. and he like came through a field and T-boned me. Jesus. Yeah. So he, we broke up for a minute at that point because, you know, obviously he tried to kill me and then dumb me, let him sweet talk me back. And, you know, it was always, it'll never happen again. I'm so sorry. I'll never do this to you again. I love you. I care about you. Yada, yada. So I ended up taking him back after that. And he moved back in with me. And then he was, I mean, he was okay for maybe like a month, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then he went right back to being abusive. Um, he used to take my car keys from me and my phone and lock me in the house. Like he would not let me out. He would stand in front of the door and lock me in. Um, he put my head through a wall. He was just, I mean, the worst mental and physical abuse ever. Like I had to wear long sleeves in the, in the summertime cause he was always, you know, leaving bruises and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I finally got smart enough and decided that this was becoming too much. And like, I had to get out of the situation. So I broke up with him and I ended up getting a restraining order. I was going to say, which for people who are in this relationship, that's one thing I wanted to cover. When you say you broke up with him, which you can't do because you can break up with him all you want, but he's not going to break up with you. Like he is still set up. I'm in a relationship. I don't, your words mean nothing to me. So there's an, there's a process that, and that's the, we'll dive into that after that you're finished telling the full story, but um, there's a process with getting out. So Yeah, which is why it always annoys me when people are like, well, I don't understand people in domestic relationships. They can just leave. They can just leave. And it's like, it's, I promise you, it's not that easy. Mm -hmm. On top of the fact that it's mentally draining. Just because you say you're done, the other person, the other person doesn't necessarily care that you're done. Mm -hmm. Um, So I ended up breaking up with him after we got into like this really huge fight and he like put my head through a wall and 
he ended up having one of his friends come pick him up because I told him if he didn't leave, I was going to call the cops on him. Mm-hmm. Which, previous to this, he actually had been arrested one other time because the cops had come because we got into like a huge fight and the neighbors called the cops. And um, so he got, I think they put him in jail for like a night or something stupid, whatever. And then I took him back after that. But this time I was like, I'm really done. Like he put my head through a wall. Like I was just, I was afraid that if I didn't, I was going to end up dead pretty much. Mm -hmm. Fear of your Um, life. Yeah. So I told him if he didn't leave, I was going to call the cops. So he ended up taking like, you know, a bag of his clothes and one of his friends picked him up. Mm -hmm. And then I had one of my friends come over to spend the night because I was afraid to be by myself because, you know, he was obviously still blowing my phone up and calling me nonstop. And he, I, so I got a restraining order after he put my head through the wall. And that night I had one of my friends come over and he ended up kicking my door in like Rambo style. Mm -hmm. Like he kicked it. So the entire door just fell flat in and he ended up punching my friend in the face that was there. And he stole my laptop and ran off. Which I don't know why he took my laptop, crack, but whatever. Crackhead energy. I'm here for <laughs> it. <laughs> I feel like it's like so. It's like something he can like have that connection with. Like, oh well, she's gonna want her laptop back. So yeah, yeah. You know, like I'm gonna like. take this and make sure that she comes back for that. Right. Literally. So he ended up getting arrested for kicking my door in, um, and he went to jail for I'm gonna say like a week. And I actually had to, like, go to court and testify against him and all that. And I had a restraining order. And when he got out of jail, we didn't talk for maybe a week or two or something like that. And then he started calling me again. But he's not allowed to. Yeah, he did anyways. He That's restraining orders, literally not helpful at all because he still did everything he was not supposed to with the restraining order. Mm-hmm. He would drive past my house. He would call me nonstop. So then finally he did that. I just want to talk. I just want to talk about things. I want to give you your laptop back, of course. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, fine. Like, I'll meet you and talk to you. And then we ended up getting back together again. Um, and then the final breakup was... Oh, so that wasn't is, even the final breakup. No, nope, that wasn't even the final breakup. This is number, uh, attempt number four. <laughs> yeah. It's like in Mario Kart, or are you picking at or Mario uh, Super Mario? You pick up an extra life, and it's like I can go. I don't have three lives Literally. now. I have four lives. It's fine. One more, one more, one more go around. It's fine. Sure. So, God, this is so stupid too. In this time period, from the restraining order, from this, what you're about to go into, just to give a timeline perspective. Um, probably, probably a couple weeks. I oh, mean, we okay. were broken up for maybe three weeks. And then we ended up getting back together, which my parents didn't know because, you know, obviously I had a restraining order and they thought, you know, I was finally done with them. And then lo and behold, here I am, dumb mm-hmm. again. Um, so this is stupid. So <laughs> judge me as you will. So this is when Spice was we a will. thing. You know, like the K2 thing. Yeah, oh, Spice yeah. is a, 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 the alternative to weed, but they would yeah. sell it in grocery stores. Yeah, the fake stuff. The synthetic, yeah. 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 Which was, yeah. Uh, might I add, I was more dangerous than actual weed. Absolutely. And Literally 9 million I, times more dangerous. Yeah. Um, my, I'm, I, maybe I've had it once. I don't even know if I have, but a part of me remembers it being a thing, and I think I might have had it once, and I thought, oh, this will be okay because it's over the counter. Like, this no. is, is ha- because 
I was it's, always. It's really good if you want to feel like you're about to die. Yeah. Yeah, literally. Okay. It does make you want Speaking to feel like that. Speaking from personal experience, being a stupid 17 year old. So, man, maybe point. I haven't because, I mean, I couldn't <laughs> even do, like, even in high school, I couldn't even do weed. It made me too paranoid. I didn't love it. I hated it. I spoke about that. But so maybe definitely would have been bad for you. Okay. So, yeah. It's the worst. Horrible. So. Uh, we went over to one of his friend's houses one night and like, I was, you know, like I didn't smoke weed. I didn't smoke cigarettes. I didn't do anything. Like I hardly even drank at that time. Look at you now. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're supposed it really to get, went full send. Okay? You're supposed to get the crazy shit out of the way when you're underage, and then when you're legal, you're like, oh, okay, I'll you know, slow down a little bit. We're dealing with past traumas, okay? We do what we have to do. So we went to one of his friend's houses, and they smoked it all the time. And I never did it because, like, literally I would watch them smoke and then, like, just slump over, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that looks fun. You are a true activist of the above the influence commercials on MTV. Literally. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I just sat there judging. <laughs> just say no, guys. I'm too cool for drugs. <laughs> yeah, I just sat there with my judgy eyes like, this is stupid. What are you guys doing? So, anyways, the one night he, like, pressured me into smoking it, and he, like, would not let it go. Like, just hit it one time, <laughs> one time, one time. So I finally was like, whatever, like, if this will get you to shut up, I'll do it. So I did, which was the worst experience of my existence. Um, I had an allergic reaction to something in it, and I stopped breathing. There we go. So this is what kind of a person he is. Um, Him and his friends debated for a minute if they should call 911, but then they decided that a dead body would probably be worse than going to jail for a drug charge because they had just made it illegal. Hey, that's common sense. That's good. Yeah. 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 So progress. I woke up and I don't remember most of what happened. I remember this is so weird too. Like I remember at one point I felt like a bouncy ball. I was bouncing around the room and I couldn't stop. All right. And then I don't remember much after that. I can get behind Um, that. Apparently they called an ambulance after, you know, I like turned was turning blue and not breathing. Um, so the ambulance came and I woke up. The next thing I remember is waking up in a hospital after apparently being belligerent to nurses and doctors. Don't remember any of that. And my mom was sitting next to me crying. And that's what I woke up to a cop next to me and my mom on the other side of me crying. And I was like, what the hell is happening? And my mom was like, you're so screwed. You're going to jail. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm, what are you talking? Where am I even? Mm-hmm. Um, so they had just made it illegal. So I, in fact, did get arrested. How did I you get to, arrested? If you did, they pre, they couldn't. Mm, how? Because there was paraphernalia, and they told him that that's what I smoked because they had to, so they could figure out how to treat how to you, treat yeah. me, so that I did not yeah. die. So that's admission yeah. of guilt is by saying, or the admission of guilt. They, he was not the brightest bulb in the package, and he was like, "Yeah, we straight up smoked this and." They also found the, the the paraphernalia, so we got, you know, charged with paraphernalia. I'm and trying to refrain my smoking. ACAB comments with Lindsay because I know where her stance is on them, but, like, I can't hold this one back. So we started with a good story with cops, and we ended up one for two, so let the stigma continue yeah. on that one. <laughs> I, I, it we, was also Indiana, and Indiana <laughs> does not mess around. Like, they will take you to jail for weeds, so... Lindsay knows I love her and that our political differences know no bounds and it doesn't affect okay. our friendships. So, I mean, I, I feel ways about things, but yeah. So I woke up in the hospital and then I got arrested after that and had to spend the night in a jail cell. 
So that was really cool. And then I had to, you know, go to court in the morning with chains on my hands and feet and talk to my mom to the little telephone like that you see in the movies. You know, you got to talk on the phone to the glass window. Yeah. Next season, Lindsay Simpson comes back on. So what's it like living in jail? <laughs> Mental health with jail. Time like, served. What's it like being in the clink? <laughs> it was not fun. One night. They gave me, listen, they gave me breakfast. Oh, no, you don't so have to I, tell about it now. We're really going to bring you back to dive in oh, on no, this one. It was really a thing. They gave me milk and orange juice and some, I don't know what food. And I was like, no, I just pushed it right back out the window. Like, this is not for me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I also like hurt, like see all the shit where... Uh, the lawyers say, like, if they offer you water or anything, like, you shouldn't don't drink take it, it because, because of, like, DNA. DNA, yeah. DNA, yeah. I, I don't it. think they yeah, care that much. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so this was right, you know, they had just made spice illegal, so pretty much they were trying to just make an example out of us, like, these people are doing these drugs, whatever. Um, I had to do drug and alcohol classes, actually, and all kinds of crazy stuff so that it would not be on they dropped my charges so it wouldn't be on my record because I did drug and alcohol classes and all that but that was the final straw with him because my mother pretty much threatened my existence and told me if I ever talked to him again she would kill me on top of the fact that on top of the fact too that I keep interrupting we'll get past the spice story eventually I swear but um (laughs) it's not fun is the, the restraining order was still in effect during this time yep so who was at fault or was there a fault for that? Um, I don't think they even really ever said anything about it because they were more trying to make an example out of a smoking spice. Mm, okay. There we go. Yeah. Hold that we know in. you violated your restraining order, but you smoke spice. So <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna <laughs> that's your this. fucking fault. <laughs> <Yeah>. Dummy. <laughs> Luckily I got released, but he had, I think he spent like two or two weeks in jail maybe. Yeah, nobody because nobody wanted to post his bail. Nobody wanted to post his bail. I didn't have a bail because I didn't have a record, and he had a pretty extensive record. There we go. Yeah. So that was finally the final breakup with him was almost dying, and it's all history from there pretty much. <laughs> so looking back, this was, like you said, all in the time span of like 17 to like what, 20? 21? Yeah, 17 to like 2021-ish. And now we are 35 to 40s, and we're basically uh, we're 32, 50. sir. Thank you. Uh, age is just a number. I'm closer to 30 than 35. Don't put me in that category. So looking back 10 years ago and where you're at now, and we're going to kind of skip over some of the middle part there because, I mean, your story is just like it gets – it. Lindsay's story gets worse the more you go into it's it. It's the story it, that keeps giving. It, it's the story that keeps giving. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I want to circle back on a few points with this. So one, uh, being the naive person that you were and like, I'm going to change him and all that stuff. What were some of the warning signs that you wish you would have known before you moved in with him alone in the apartment that you were talking about? Um, the possessiveness and the narcissism, definitely. Like I knew, like, you know, when you're, when your boyfriend gets jealous, like, oh, you're talking to another guy, I'm jealous. And you're like, oh, haha, that's cute. He's jealous. Mm-hmm. His was extreme. Like, his wasn't just with guys. Like, he didn't want me going out with my friends. He didn't want me going to my family's house. Like, his was more like an extreme isolation. And I guess I didn't see that at the time. He probably loves that show you on Netflix, I swear. He's like, yeah. He probably I can, does. I can he's, get behind this guy. He's that person. 
He is that person. Um, and and then, he was just like super like mentally like abusive too. Like he made me feel like the lowest of low and like, you know, he would pull the like, well, if I'm not with you, no one else is ever going to want you or no one will ever love you the way I do. Like that type of shit mm-hmm. stuff. And how did, so you grew up very loved by your family and your family always yeah. supported you. They were against this. We, that's how it all started. You went to him, he broke you. And then you had uh, some continual breakage as along the way of just like the story that keeps giving. How yeah. did your, at what point or like, what's kind of the things where you had to reprocess or reprogram your brain to accept love from other people, but genuine love instead of toxic love, if that makes sense. I mean, I'm 32 and that's still hard to do. So Mm -hmm. it's not like something that is, I don't think will ever go away. Because the wounds and scars are still there with the memories. It's just one of those things where it's now. I mean, with him and then my past, the relationship previously before the one I'm in now. Mm -hmm. We don't speak his name. His name does not get Um, spoken. No, I don't intend to. Like Papa Um, Roach said, the scars remind us that the past is real. All right. That was beautiful, Ben. She also quoted Band of Horses (laughs) Funeral. I don't remember what she said, but she said, nobody's ever going to love you the way that I do. I was like, oh, Band of Horses. It's such a good song. I mean, it's probably one of their best songs. Saw them live in concert at Bogarts. Let me just tell you. Okay. No. um, Bogarts. So it's one those things that it's life traumatizing for you and that's one of the things that has literally affected and been uh pushed on you so i want to make that clear and that's why i wanted to bring that point up is because it's one of those things where if you've ever been through this or if you know somebody who is going through this it's not like one day they just wake up and they're fine because that's not how this works so it's very and it's like just because you're in a health like i I'm in a great relationship now. And like, I know the person I'm with loves me. He treats me wonderfully. Like, but you always have self doubts. And I don't think that's going to, I don't think that's something that goes away. Mm -hmm. And and that's one thing that I wanted to bring back too is like, I know I've met him a few times, your current uh, relationship partner. And I remember when you first started dating, it was back and forth. It was literally like, there was that almost like that hesitation where like, it's almost like, you finally got it. It's like, I'm not going to say full send this time. I'm going to stick one foot in the door and one foot out and see which foot gets warmer or colder. Yeah. It only took me like 32 years to figure that out. So, uh, and then on top of that, where you're at now, is it becoming easier or are you finding growth in it and any healing with this? Yes and no. Um, actually we just had this conversation the other day. He, told me like I feel like you don't believe that I actually love you Mm -hmm. and like I do believe it and I know he does and I love him and I I get that but sometimes it's just hard to express that yeah like I instead of you know like if like we disagree on something and I get mad about it instead of like telling him like hey I disagree with this I just shut down and I don't say anything Mm -hmm. and that's something that still is hard for me to like it's hard for me to open up to people still 
Yeah, and so traveling to be like, I want to. This is what I have to say. This is what I'm actually feeling. Instead of being open and transparent because of what's happened before, you're like, okay, instead of being vulnerable because we know that doesn't work because brain tells me that I'm just going to shut up and say nothing and let it consume me, and then I'm going to smoke weed and drink alcohol and party with my friends. Like literally, it's just it's easier for me to be mad than it is for me to like have feelings Mm -hmm. almost. Like I, because I feel like if I'm mad then I'm, I don't know. I feel like I'm accomplishing something, which I'm not, but like anger is an easier, I don't know, method for me than it is to just like open up and be like, Hey, I didn't like this about this instead of, instead of just get mad. I'm just like, well, screw this. I'm just going to sit here and pout on the couch and not say anything. So I'm still trying to not be that person. There we go. Typical stubborn woman. It's like, if you make me mad, I'm just going to be stubborn and be silent and give you the silent (laughs) treatment. (laughs) Literally. That's yeah, I do that. And I don't mean to. And sometimes I catch myself doing it like, damn it, I'm doing it again. And I don't mean to do it, but it's still hard to work through. Mm-hmm. And then the difference, though, is that you're not doing it in an attention-seeking way. You're doing it as almost a wall or a coping mechanism. It's like my coping it's, mechanism, for sure. Not, yeah. Definitely an unhealthy one, be clear on that. But we'll yes. work, we'll, progress is progress. We'll work on it. It's fine. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely one of those things where it's not – you can't don't confuse the two when somebody's acting in a certain way it's not always an intention seeking way like yeah. that it's where somebody's like oh she just does this to because she wants the focus back on her no i keep talking to have the focus on me at all times because i'm an attention whore and everybody knows that but there were certain things it's it's not always about the attention it's not always about the spotlight it's about this is all i know to do to deflect or yeah. to remove myself emotionally from uh this what's happening right now so be clear on that yeah i told him like i i don't like feelings i don't like to do the whole feelings thing so that's something that i am trying to make myself have like i mean like i love people and like i care about people and like you know like I'm happy, obviously, but I also don't like doing feelings. Like I don't like talking about when I'm upset or like my coping mechanism is just, I just shut down. I just, that's all. If I'm not okay, I'm just not okay. And I don't want to tell you about it. I don't want you to ask me about it. I just want you to leave me alone. Like that's where I'm at still, mm-hmm. which I'm trying to get better at. I've gotten a little better at talking about things when they bother me, but it's still hard. And I notice myself shutting down and like, I'll even be like, I know there are things that I want to say, like when I'm upset and I just don't like, I can't force myself to, it's not a very good coping mechanism, but it's mine for right now. Have you tried not to be your armchair psychologist therapist, but have you tried writing your thoughts down in the moments or when the moments pass and going just like opening your phone or notes and just being like, this is what I just felt instead of verbally telling somebody or communicating it, just write down what you're feeling. Sometimes if like I'm upset and like, I don't want to tell Chris that I'm upset, I'll text him instead and be like, this is what's bothering me. Mm -hmm. So that, that does help sometimes because then he's not feeling like, you know, I just am ignoring him or don't care. Like if I can't force myself to say it out loud, I do text him sometimes. Like we'll be sitting next to each other on the couch and I'll be like, look, this is what's bothering me. I just don't want to talk about it. 
like let's just watch a movie or play a video game or you know what i mean like something to distract from what's actually wrong I was just thinking if you start writing your thoughts down, they get dark and angry like that, then we could have a really solid mixtape on our hands for the Cincinnati scene. We could have a fire ass mixtape for sure. I was oh, like, only some if, of those only if sign too. language will sing it for me. Oh yes. yeah, for sure. Uh, shout out Sarah, the little run uh, that they just went on. Uh, that's what Sarah called me the other day. I was really happy. We're going to try to do, I'm going to try to do a one-on-one with her next week. Cause yeah. I haven't spent a lot of quality time with her. My, my fault, not hers, but anyway, because you work so much. Yeah. Or, uh, well, so after the end of this episode, Ben and I are, uh, going to record a uh, bonus segment of like things that are in my brain, because like I said, a lot of, it's not, this is not the platform or time that I want to broadcast what I have in my mind, but there's a lot of, uh, basically I'll just, I will say this, uh, I had the past two days. So today is Thursday. Yesterday was Wednesday. Yay. I just can't do that math. Um, I had a lot of information dumped on me. And when I say a lot of information dumped on me, I've had a lot of life, uh, altering information dumped on me, which most of it Actually, all of it pretty much is uh, 90% of it is out of my control and Mm -hmm. 10% is in my control and it's happening. It's real and it's going to happen very fast. And I kind of, that's kind of like, I'll talk about it whenever that segment comes out, but it's like the fear of the unknown. And that's why I don't like thinking about the future because looking at all everything that's happening right now, I was like, if I would have prepared for this and thought about my future, I would have been prepared for this scenario. And now I have no idea what the fuck's about to happen. And it yeah. petrifies me. So I've been, that's why I started the episode the way I did. But I mean, the future is hard to plan for, honestly. <sighs> you don't know. I mean, yeah, every day is not promised. You never know what you're going to get walking into. I mean, it's just, it's so unknown and you get comfortable with getting get you get comfortable with being uncomfortable you try new things every day like you can you can do certain things but nothing's ever going to prepare you for that one moment that something because you can't plan for everything yeah. you, can't you can't plan for literally everything that could possibly happen because you would just literally i, I mean speak get dark on it but i think that's why some people get trapped in their brain to the point of mental institute suicide is like you get so caught up in your thoughts where it's like i can't think anymore i don't want to think anymore yeah i mean so. life literally just changes like i'm in the blink of an eye so yeah yeah uh we're gonna wrap up in our three positives before we do that uh Lindsay, what um is something that you want to tell people who are going through or if you know somebody with domestic violence with whether it be verbally emotionally physically any of the the uh adjectives with it um that you will need to tell them right now if they're listening um i would say that if someone is treating you that way that it's not going to get better that if they've done it once then it's not going to stop and that you have to trust your instincts, which I should have done a long time ago, but I didn't. And if someone is making you feel bad about yourself, then they're going to continue to do that. And it's only going to get worse. And that if people in your life are telling you that, you know, they notice these things or your family's telling you they notice, then I promise you, they are going to believe you. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's, 
it's hard and it's a hard situation to get out of which is why I literally hate when people are like well I don't just leave just leave them and like I understand it's not that easy but I promise that once you get out of that situation life does get better and if someone is mentally mentally or physically or whatever abusive to you they're not going to stop and you're not going to change them which was I mean that was my biggest downfall it was always I thought I could change this person if I love them more than you know they had growing up I could make them better but they're not because that's just who they are and you can't change someone that doesn't want to change that was probably the hardest thing I had to learn yeah no 100% you can all I mean reach out to someone reach out to a friend reach out to I don't care if it's a stranger on the street reach out to someone because Mm -hmm. someone will always listen to you there's always someone that will help like call me call I don't care call Carson in the middle of the night if you need to Mm -hmm. someone will always be there to listen and to get you out of the situation yeah um I'll try and, uh, well, I, I will. Uh, I'm going to link some resources in the, uh, Bio. In the excl- ex, uh, explanation, whatever, of, the, uh, of this episode. Um, but you can also, something that I like found out recently is you can actually text emergency services. Yes. Uh, you can text 911. Uh, That's in pretty case, cool. Because when you, you know, like if you're in an abusive relationship, there's like Thank God good my federal taxes are finally paying off. Um, if there's a good <laughs> chance that there, or if you're in an abusive relationship, there's a good chance that, you know, you probably don't get a lot of privacy. Uh, they, yeah. you know, they want to control your life. So, you know, it can be hard to just say like, okay, I'm going to call 911 because, you know, they hear you're calling, they hear you talking to the police. Like obviously you know, yeah. something's going to happen. So, um, you know, lock yourself in the bathroom, text 911, your location, um, you know, I'm sure it varies depending on state, but, um, I know in Ohio, in Ohio, uh, you can do this. So um, I'll plug some resources as well if you're in an abusive relationship. Uh, if I know you personally and you're in a um, situation like this. It's hands on site with it's, me. It, like hit me up. I'll come pick you up in the middle of the night. Like I'm not hitting oh, Let me clarify with that hands on site. <clears throat> I'm not coming to attack you again. <laughs> I'm attacking <laughs> the other person. On I should be. Choose your words carefully, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Words mean nothing Domestic to me, but violence. that one I'll should. I'll come beat you up. Yeah. Domestic violence. <laughs> it's hands on site with Karsten. <laughs> Jeez. Good God. It's um, okay. There's probably there's a good chance that you can probably take Karsten. So, so <laughs> literally, <easily>. <laughs> one <laughs> thing that I wanted to say before Ben, I'll just interrupt him because he didn't even finish his thought, and I'm going to catch that when where this he really plays this episode, he'd be like, "Damn, I didn't even finish." Uh, safe spaces. Um, there are a lot of places where if you are do need to contact somebody, you do want to get out, you do need help getting out. Uh, like Ben said, there's resources. Anything that you see on, on a building. That says safe space you can literally go up to that cashier that clerk the person that works there and be like i need a safe space and they will hide you in their store until the authorities arrive and you can tell them like it's it's i don't want to say it's simple but that that's the process you go into there are a lot more resources now mm, for sure that you think uh, you can go to so ben what was that thought that you were saying about hands on site with if you know me Oh, well, I mean, just hit me up. I'll come pick you up in the middle of the night or middle of the day while your abuser is at work. Literally Um, same. And not to be prideful and cocky, but I did that once. Actually, I've done that three times, but I do remember one time. God, and I try. hmm, That's not a funny transition. I'm sorry. I take that one back. Um, 
But there was a time where I was working in Florence, Kentucky, and I got on Facebook and I saw one of my friends who I had not spoken to in close to nine, 12 years, 11 years, like spoken to. I don't, and I didn't even know them well at the time that I knew them. So just to put that in perspective, just so yeah. like a church acquaintance. And I see this post and it said, I need somebody to drive me to Bowling Green to pick up a friend who is in a bad spot with an abusive relationship or partner. I don't remember how it was worded or anything like that, but I remember it was worded. So it's like, I need somebody to drive with me to Bowling Green, Kentucky in the middle of the night to pick this girl up and get her back to uh, Lexington, uh, Florence, Cincinnati area. And I immediately messaged her and I got off work at like, I think seven or eight that nine. I got off work late that night and we drove, picked her up and drove to Bowling Green, Kentucky, which is about two and a half, three hours away from where Florence was and then drove back to Cincinnati to drop them off. And it was one of those things where it's like, I didn't think twice about it. And I just was like an SOS. And I was like, this is, it's real to me because this could be that person's. And if you see that too, and somebody lets you know about the situation that they're in, that you could be their only chance. Like if you're thinking about it and you say, well, I'm sure somebody else will comment on this post and then you just scroll by it. What if they don't? And what if that person- And especially if they're reaching out because that's one of the Mm -hmm. hardest things to do. It's hard to, I think that's one of the hardest things in being in a relationship like that too, is admitting that that's the type of relationship you're in instead of always making excuses for the person. Mm -hmm. No, a hundred percent. And I remember when I picked her up, I never met this girl. I didn't need to meet this girl. That wasn't the important part. And then being the girl that reached out on her behalf, we bonded over that trip. But I remember just on the ride back, this girl probably hadn't even been in a car ride and especially a two and a half hour car ride. And probably four years if not longer so of course like we had to pull over a few times she got car sick she would have panic attacks like for the whole two hours basically until um her friend calmed her down and she ended up falling asleep for the last 40 minutes of the ride but I was like it, it was that sense of like I, I didn't think I reacted. That was the first time I remember vividly doing something like that to where after seeing the result of what I did um that was enough for me to know it was like, this is a serious thing. Like this yeah. is, a, I'm changing all of somebody's life for the better right now. Yeah. I don't know the outcome of this story, but I know what my part in that was and I hope the best, but um, yeah. So that all sucked. So let's talk about some positives. <laughs> let's do. Ben. Uh, let's see. Um, first positive is uh, we finished the floor in the basement i saw that on um, facebook it looks really nice i'm not gonna see it in person i don't care that much we literally <laughs> oh, that's fine i don't I'm gonna let you down there so um uh we literally woke up saturday morning at uh about 10 a.m we got started around like 10 15 10 30 and worked through t- uh, we took a lunch break but worked through until uh, about 8 30 p.m mm-hmm. So, uh, like a whole ass shift, (laughs) um, for those of you that if you do that every day, uh, kudos to you. Uh, I don't know how you do it. I was sore as shit the next day. Um, but it was, it felt nice to get like 
something done and get some progress. So uh, we just have a few finishing touches, and we'll be able to actually, like, hang out down there. The is accomplishment nice. is it felt good to get it done, but the what Ben's really saying is I don't like doing hard work. Drywall sucks. Flooring sucks. Remodeling sucks. Adulthood sucks. Literally. Adulthood does suck. I'm literally going to domestic <laughs> abuse you off air. <laughs> my house bitch <laughs> show you who's uh, boss i'll just uh, acetone monster in your eye and th- run <laughs> here's the thing uh drywall and flooring are two things that i now have done and will never fucking do again <laughs> let's just put it that way um yeah so that's positive number one uh yeah uh positive number two um Went to uh, the Day Seeker show on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, took the day off. Went up the sh- went up to the show. Um, oh. Now I was thinking. I was like, why? Because you were text. I was that the day you were texting me. No, that was Wednesday. Never mind. Morning about the anchor stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Yeah, yeah no. Continue so um, took the day off. Went up there, um, holding absence. Uh, Thornhill, Dayseeker, obviously. Um, I actually ended up... The the first band was Caskets, which I had never really got into. Uh, I ended up skipping their set so I could eat dinner. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. I cool-guide them. Cool. <laughs> it was literally... No, the, it was literally a burger... I don't, have you ever been to Scully's before? Yeah. It's, so the it's burger a diner place, and... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, called, it's called Goody Boy. Mm-hmm. It's super good, by the way. Uh, highly recommend. But um, it was cool. It was a good show. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, positive number three is, um, I, I like kind of, I don't, I didn't really think of my positives Mm -hmm. before this. You're wearing a really cool shirt you're wearing a soul keeper shirt, but it's got the Sobe lizards. It's the Sobe logo. Um, soul keeper is a Minnesota local band. Mm -hmm. Um, they're super good, actually. They really good live. They put and on a good show. You're at the third positive is that you can walk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, I mean, the positive, the, it's like a double-edged sword because um, I've kind of got lucky with my last couple tattoos where they've healed pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And this one, which I got uh, Saturday, it's now Thursday, so almost a week. Um, it's already, it hasn't started peeling yet, but it's got like have like the elephant texture you're you're rubbing it you've been rubbing it this whole episode so like it's to the point where it's like itching so i kind of have to just like either smack it or just like kind of like rub with my fingertips you thought about just shaving the rest of both your legs i mean (laughs) it does look like super weird yeah i was like just shave both your legs (laughs) i did once um i okay we're just gonna (laughs) gloss right over that wow um yeah, so it's that means that it's uh, healing pretty quickly. So, yeah, dude, it's no fucking joke, dude. Like, yeah. the line work was not too bad, honestly. Like, completely honest. Like, it the hurt. Shading is what, the like, shading is what... The shading saw it, I was me. like, what the... Like, I was kind of shocked. Like, I, was, like I, it was a factor of, like, wow, he really just done did that. Yeah. It, it was like, like, we got to where we were, like, at pretty much the finishing point and then he said and then ben says 
okay, I just need to hit this one spot again. I'm like, oh, no. Like, there were a couple spots, a couple, like, where I, like, had my head back, like, just wincing. And, like, that's is probably the only tattoo I've gotten where, like, for part of it, I was, like, seriously in a lot of pain. Yeah. <laughs> like, most of mine, there are certain spots where it's like, oh, that's a little rough. But I kind of just, like, you know. Is it safe that. to say you will not be getting this retouched? Ever. Uh, I mean, I might eventually, but I, I don't know, man. Another eight, eight to ten years on that one instead of yeah. two years. <laughs> the, there was a one of his mutual friend, or not mutual friends, but one of his friends on Facebook, and like he was so true when he said, he's like, the good thing about getting your kneecaps tattooed is that you only have to get it done twice. twice. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I am dread. I know I probably will eventually get my other knee tattooed because and I'm just it's dreading an addiction. It. Yeah. I'm you, just you absolutely have to. dreading it. <laughs> uh, There's nothing I, worse than when you think you're like almost done and they're like, let me just hit a few spots yeah. with white. And I'm yeah. like, why? No, why? he it's literally was like, gone. do you want do alone. you want white in it? I'm like, I'm pale as shit. Like, forget it. <laughs> yeah. And white I was like, you're not going to see clear. it, but like, if yeah. that's what makes you feel better, okay, cool. Let's do that. <laughs> um, first positive is that uh, Midgrass today, third time this season. So not that I keep track. It's just my therapy and grass kids. So it looks good. Uh, so proud perk of being a homeowner or whatever you want to call it um I took my allegra so that was cool um second positive is that um i have and i'm not going to give any details but i have an offer on the table that is an extremely like i i don't have to think twice about it if i'm being realistic it's a big decision but it's a good decision on the table and i'm if it plays out and everything happens according to, in my mind's plan, then it's going to be really awesome. So when is the skate-off with Sean White happening then? Because I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. <laughs> the skate-off with Sean White is scheduled after the Tony Hawk Las Vegas uh, jam. Uh, actually, same time. So Tony Hawk's going to be there. And um, <laughs> if you, uh, yeah, domestic violence on Sean White, because I'm just going to have you. I'm just going to cripple him, and then he's going to have to forfeit. That's what's going to happen. Have you watched the Wait, Tony Hawk isn't he with documentary? Isn't he with Nina Dob Dob? What's her name? Nina Dobry or whatever. Nina Dobry. We're not doing the this chick again. from the Vampire Diaries. Why do you guys? I don't know. Or we're trying to talk about positives, and you guys are going to make me see red. Oh, and I was in a have good you seen, Have you watched the Tony Hawk documentary? On no, it's on HBO. I've, I mean, I've seen what the so good. the. Uh, <laughs> what? Are, where did my brain? Viva La Bam episode with Tony Hawk. Dude, you got to watch the Tony Hawk doc. It's so okay. good. But is Sean White in it? No, he's not. Okay, then I, I was like, is Rodney this a Mullen. setup? A lot of like the old school like dudes that were like real big back in the day. See, that are, was are you said it. that so subtly, like in con- like not condescendingly, but enough so, like to where I was like, is he pitching me on this to set me up? Because like that would be a no, good little prank. It would, that would be, be a good setup. But no, Sean White is not in it. Um, and then my third positive is that. Um, you know, when in doubt, and I had somebody uh, 
talked, uh, who is a recent listener of our podcast, uh, that, um, uh, come up to me and be like, Hey, I just, I found out that you did a podcast and I started the first episode. And, um, she said, um, is, uh, how, is the fish still alive? And I said, wait till you keep, get, <laughs> keep listening. I said, so yeah, when in doubt, third episode or third episode, third positive, uh, Dimitri is still alive. Fish tank still hasn't been touched. So Jesus I got to go get those filters. Dude, you got to clean that I, shit. I'm going to at least get the filters sometime in the next two months. So don't worry, guys. Like, chill out. Like, in the next two months, I will get new. Um, Why don't you just order some on Amazon and they'll deliver it in, like, two days with Prime? Okay. I, well, I need the model number, but I was going to do that right now over the air while you're giving your positive. <laughs> Lindsay. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to wing it because I didn't think of positives this time because I forgot that was a thing. You guys almost um, forget like this is the biggest segment that we've done for 33 episodes, but that's fine. Okay. You know, I only <laughs> listen to every episode. It's no big deal. It's cool. Um, positives. Okay. Number one, I'm going to say that it's almost the weekend and yeah. Friday is my half day at work. So I only have to work half a day tomorrow and then nice. I am off. Boy, it's been a long week. Um, positive number two. My stepdad got to come home from the hospital yesterday. All right, on. So Shout that's out my stepdad. second positive. Um, I need one more. Positive number three is that I got to have dinner with my sister tonight. Oh, hell yeah. We had Outback. It was freaking delicious. God, I love Outback. Oh, I'm hungry Their now. Their cheese fries are... Dude, Outback has like the best fire. Caesar salad. Like Caesar's, uh, Caesar salad and their um, shrimp appetizer thing. That like ranch shrimp. Or not yeah. Ranch. Is it, it's something like that. Is Isn't it like bang bang shrimp? Or bang something? bang shrimp. Bang, something bang. like that. Yeah, yeah like so some yeah, something like Chang, that. Chang style shit. Yeah. We'll have yeah, some their ranch we, is delicious. When we go out back after this episode, oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we can. Get, I mean, they close at ten. We got twenty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I did it before because I'll be asleep immediately after this. So, <laughs> as you've stated before, <laughs> yeah, I like sleep. I'm a sleepy person. I can't help it. Uh, I'm a sleepy person, but I'm I don't bad at <laughs> I'm it. Bad at sleep. It's the one thing that I like doing that I'm just really bad at. Mm-hmm. I'm great at it. There's times where I'll even, tell, I'll even tell myself, I was like, all right, you're not staying up till 3 a.m. tonight. You're going to go to bed at 11 or 12 even. Maybe even one if I'm being lenient on myself and then, nope, never happens. It never, it, that's when, the nights I tell myself I'm going to bed before 3 are the nights where I'm up past 3. Yeah. yeah. And I know that because I wake up to 2.30 a.m. texts. Everybody does. And I wake up at six thirty. It's the only time I have to say what's on my mind, and then because I'm going to ignore you because I'm just a workaholic. Second positive. I know you texted me at like nine thirty yesterday, and I was like, "Uh, Uh, my bad, I was already asleep when you texted me." And I forget that too with people. Like, (laughs) there's sometimes where I have to message somebody, and it's like eleven o'clock at night, and I'll preface it. I know you're asleep, so no rush on the response. (laughs) Like business messages in the middle of the night. Like I'll do that where I'll like, I'll. I'll text you and then I'll, and I'm like, think like during the day, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, wait, he's probably at either asleep or at work. Well, <laughs> I, I had my literally. location shared with you too. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah. You always look at that. Lindsay, positive number two, go. 
She I gave a three. lot of positives. She, I literally she, just did three, so thanks for listening to me. Jesus, Karsten. <laughs> I told you I'm not physically I'm sorry that you here. weren't the one, just the center of attention at that Karsten's time. Karsten's looking I at his monster can like, is there alcohol in this? <laughs> What's the percentage? There's so much sugar in this, you guys. Like, more sugar than I drink in a day. Like, that's probably why. I don't know what B12 is, but I just had 500% of that motherfucker. <laughs> That's your energy, man. B12 Just is what energy. you needed. Why does that one have 490% and this one only has also 490%? If you have 1,000% your fucking daily values. I'm just going to instead. At least it's not a C4. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. yeah, where I misdrugged you unknowingly. I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, she's halfway through. She goes, I'm feeling good. I was like, yeah, because it's a pre workout. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God. This is what you I drink, this is what you drink when, you, uh, when you're about to go time. lift. Oh, weights. yeah, yeah. I almost killed her because she had two on the way to Knox Lewis oh with the Cleveland Ghidorah one. And she was Dude, like. Dude, those things have like 300 milligrams of caffeine in them. Oh, yeah. I was big woke. Until afterwards, and I thought I was oh, gonna yeah. die. If you have two of them, that's 600. I was like, 300 milligrams. I was like, Ben, I drink probably 400 no, yeah. to 500 a day, but then again, my tolerance is. My- yeah, I had a, <laughs> that's okay. I had a, um, a black rifle coffee, the 300 milligram. And then uh, before I got off, I had a orange dreamsicle rain. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I been pounding the caffeine today so the answer to everybody's question how many monsters does karsten drink a week uh we were gonna do a segment on it because with my front end team like i literally said with one of my cashiers he uh, he said start counting i'm gonna start taking the receipts of every monster i drink while (laughs) i'm at work and then do it for the full five days and that number whoever's over under will get over under uh, you know i want an over something i want an over under on when you have a heart attack (laughs) Literally, I am surprised it hasn't happened yet. I feel, if we're being real honest, like I, I mean, I do the ones without the sugar in them, and I do like the rehabs and the zero sugar that ones. Does not but, matter. Yeah, but I'm really good at addiction. Lack so. of sleep and caffeine not good for your heart, sir. <laughs> Those are my problems. Those are the two <laughs> problems that you're going to listen. Uh, listen, we're starting small and then we're one big. Baby okay? steps. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. We'll There's Heather. Hey, perfect. We can end this episode now. Bye, Lindsay. I got to take this phone call. That's okay, the bye. <laughs> Great times. Hey, guys. It's Karsten. Um, I wanted to kind of come on here, and I just wanted to talk about some thoughts in my brain and kind of just wanted to share a little bit of uh, some vulnerability and what I've been feeling emotionally and mentally um, because I think it's important for me to say this and um, do this kind of like monologue, if you will, and just kind of talk about what I'm feeling because to give you the short version of this, the past two days uh, that I'm recording this, so yesterday and today both, I have been dumped a lot of information on me that is life-changing, life-altering, and fast. Um, like within the next few months fast to where like it it kind of overstimulated to me to where I'm still processing everything that's happening all at once and it's kind of been a it's put me in a physical depression like on my way over here to record this it's put me in a mental depression of where I just want to shut down I don't want to really 
talk to people about what's going on. I don't want to make this everybody. I, the world doesn't need to know what's going on and what I've just learned and things of that nature. And it's kind of like, well, you're the king of mental health or you, you always talk about like everything and you're, you're an open book. Yes. But I still believe that there's a personal privacy to some things that unless until I know how I personally feel until I know about how I want to handle the situation going forward it's important for me to kind of take a step back and figure out okay this is what's happening and this is real and like I spoke about on a episode that we've previously recorded the difference with this is this is real and I have no idea even how to handle this situation because it's something that I've never been faced with. It's something that I have never dealt with. It's something that I don't know how to tackle this on. Um, and it's not so much one factor. It's a lot of moving parts. And we're not talking about tiny moving parts. We're talking about big moving parts to where it's very stressful. It's very anxiety inducing. I had a panic attack yesterday because my brain just said, this is too much right now. I need, you can't do this all at once. I had a cry and the cry helps. Um, I've talked to vaguely some close friends about some of the details that are going on with this, but when you are presented an overload of information at one time, it can be very mind exhausting to where like people around me today, even in public at my store, um, on just talking to them, they knew I wasn't okay. And it wasn't even like, it was an obvious tell. And when I have obvious tells like that, there's like, they, they people try to pry and be like, Hey man, what's wrong? You're not yourself. We, we noticed you, I don't think you're in a good spot. Um, Hey, maybe don't drink tonight, which I probably shouldn't. And I probably won't. Well, that's up for debate. But a lot's going on in my brain right now to where I wanted to take this time to tell you that if you've ever had these thoughts, if you've if this situation has ever happened to you, the outcome of what my future is going to look like in the next few months is going to be dramatically different and than it ever has before. And I know I didn't win the lottery. Don't, it's unfortunately that. So don't get your hopes up on that and ask me for money. Actually, never ask me for money. That's, that's just, we'll leave it at that one. Um, but scenery is going to change. Jobs could change. Physical appearances with the, like my teeth is going to change. Just one, two, three, bam, bam, bam is basically what's about to happen. And until it does happen, I'm just going to have that flutter in my heart of like, I don't know what's going to happen today. I don't know what's going to happen. And then when the first thing happens, it's like, okay, now I'm processing and healing from this or doing this, but I still have this that's right coming up right after this. And I haven't even processed the first one. So if you know me, you know that my life is always fast paced, very go, 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 nonstop, workaholic, all of that. And uh, the advice that one would give is, hey, slow down. Hey, maybe don't you don't have to do this all at once. It's not an option. Um, that's the part that is kind of like I have to make these very quick and difficult decisions that are for the better, I might add, but all at once right now. 
because it's all happening at one time. And I didn't plan for this. I didn't prepare for this. I speak about how the future scares me. I think about, uh, speak about, excuse me, how I don't think about the future because I can't plan for everything. And you can't. You cannot plan or think about the future and prepare for everything because it's physically impossible. You can't think about, you can think about different outcomes of certain scenarios. You can think about how, well, okay, well, if I, now I'm then faced with this, here's door number one, two, or three, follow those routes. That's what my brain does. My brain needs a step back to, where I basically wanted to tell you listening that it's okay to take time for yourself and it's a healthy time to reflect and process and don't you don't have to let people in right away to tell them you know this is what's going on I mean Ben heard a little three minute blob session of like bits and pieces of what like it made it can make sense and he could put puzzle pieces together but he doesn't even know what's going on Sarah doesn't know what's going on my it, nobody knows except for me and the people that it's pertaining to know what's really going on and nobody knows what's inside your brain or my brain and you can keep it that way privacy is important and I just kind of wanted to speak and let people in to let you just be vulnerable in the sense of saying, I'm not okay mentally. It's okay to keep things private. You don't have to broadcast everything to the world. And if you're feeling like this or you have anxiety or if you're feeling like this, please reach out to me, talk to me, talk to somebody else because it's something that's fresh for me. And I think that if it's fresh for me or if you're like, hey, I've been in the same spot before, hit me up, please. Just I, We don't have to exchange details. It can just be very vague. It can just be like these emotional talks and feelings. So I wanted to kind of just come on here and give this spin and make this kind of a bonus episode along with Monday's episode because... It's real, it's happening, and I just need a little bit of support and a little bit of space right now. So when you do hear this episode, um, please just understand if I don't seem like I'm myself, if I seem distant, if I'm not who you know me to be, it's not personal. It's just I'm managing and figuring things out because it's a lot to deal with that are big things that are going to scare me and test me and try me. And it's kind of like a Hail Mary on a lot of things too. It's like being, when it's your decision on something to make or you can make the decision, but some of this is kind of like a force of the hand, if you will. And when you're forced to do something and now it's not your decision, well, that changes things too. So... I don't know what's going to happen. It's all unknown. I have a preliminary idea of things that are going on in a forward motion, but I just, I kind of wanted to make this tangent to get things out there without any detail whatsoever to let you know that um, it's okay to talk to people. It's okay to talk to yourself. It's okay to think your thoughts out loud. And if you are hearing this and you say, hey, I fucking get it, then please don't hesitate to hit me up. Um, you have my information and links below. But um, thank you for listening to me talk for about nothing but everything. And it just, I mean, letting me be vulnerable to you guys. So uh, again, we love you. Thank you.